Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to the latest episode of Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this week's episode, we take a break from our regular content to visit with one of the 2020 Virtual Dealership Mind Summit sponsors, Big Iron. Julia Gerlich from our team caught up with Mark Stock, co-founder of the auction company. During their conversation, Mark shares some background on Big Iron and how they've seen the auction market change over the years. So Mark, I just wanted to start off, if you could just uh, introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your company, your background, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, great. First of all, thank you for asking me to participate. So yeah. it's always nice when we share a little bit of company history back and forth and the networking is always important in any business. But I'm in a business with my brother Ron that we started back in the early 80s. We've been in the uh, auction business and the real estate business since early on. We come out of high school and uh, if anybody remembers the early 80s when interest rates were really high, Yikes. my dad was a pretty good sized farmer, but he said, boys, you better go do something else because I don't know how much more I can take. It's a pretty heavy load with high interest rates. Well, Ron went to auction school. I went to business college. He started uh, doing some salt and pepper shaker sales. We call them household auctions. And then he said, Mark, you better come back and help me with this. So I did. And then we started doing some farm machinery auctions in about 88, 89. Got our real estate licenses once we were old enough to do so. And then um, got broker's licenses right away so we could form our own company. And then we started doing farm machinery auctions. Uh, and we did that pretty, pretty hardcore for, you know, 1988 to the, you know, 2008 or nine is when we launched the Big Iron brand. But we were broadcasting our auctions over the internet in real time, starting in 2001, when nobody even knew what that was. We were working with Proxybid at the time and um, having open outcry sales where the crowd was just looking at us thinking we're crazy. It's like, what, is, what do you mean this internet thing? But, um, you know, we were going all over Nebraska and Kansas and into Colorado, into Iowa, into South Dakota. Wow. We sold in Texas. We sold in Alabama. You know, open outcry sales for a lot of people. We were averaging four auctions a week from November 1 till about the middle of April. Uh, for several years there, had a traveling road show, we called it. You know, I leave on a Sunday and get home on a late Friday night and see the kids on Saturday and leave on a Sunday again. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and we did that for several years. But then in 2008, ethanol came into play. And all of a sudden, commodity prices were worth a dollar a bushel more on corn. And uh, we were doing all these retirement sales, you know, these three and a half to four a week. And that dribbled down to three to four a month because nobody wanted to quit because they were making too many, too much money because ethanol put a dollar a bushel on their commodity prices. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Interesting. So in 2009, I mean, we'd have somebody's auction because of health or because they were getting up in age and retiring, but the neighbors would always say, hey, I've got an item or two or three. I want to put it on, you know, a farmer's retirement sale. And we didn't want to turn them into a consignment auction. So, mm. you know, we were already broadcasting online. I said, well, let's just try to do a timed only thing. So in February of 2009, we did the very first branded BigIron.com online auction. Okay. There were 21 items on that sale and we had 890 registered bidders. Wow. So we were shocked by that. And then uh, the following week, we just put a couple ads in the papers, said if you've got equipment to sell online, come to some of our free informational meetings 
and uh, we picked like five or six towns mm -hmm. and they were packed full. The buildings were packed full of people because they all had excess equipment they wanted to sell and it just took off from there. We were doing an auction every month for about three months. Then we did it two times a month for like three months. Then we went to every week and um, you know, soon we'll be doing two, maybe three auctions a week coming up to a theater near you, kind of, so to speak, a hint, hint, if you want to see some foreshadowing, that's what's going on in our business. Oh, okay. So that's a little bit of the history. And now in September of this year, September 2020, we'll sell just over 9,200 different items from over 1,100 different sellers from 29 different states. Oh my. And we've got reps all across the Midwest and the reps are local because uh -huh. our business brand and our business model is to have people local. That way they can service not only their local farmers and their business people, mm -hmm. but they also can help support the communities because it's all about being, you know, local and there. And it, when somebody calls, we, we don't want to say we'll be there in a week. Yeah. We want to we wanna say, yeah, we'll have somebody there in the next day or two. Yeah. So, yeah, talk about that a little bit more. I was curious to hear how the local sales rep model works for your business. Mm -hmm. Well, if anybody's looking to be a big iron rep, we still have plenty of open areas. <laughs> okay. uh, we've got right at 200 of them now, and we need some more oh. in specific areas. So everybody gets an assigned area of responsibility. They get trained, we bring them in. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, and it's very, it's fun now because we'll, if we open up a, an area, we'll get a dozen or more applicants within the first 48 hours. Okay. Early on, yeah, it was kind of tough because people didn't really know what it was, but basically you run your own little business okay. and um, they're independent contractors mm -hmm. working to list equipment from the people that are in the area. Uh, the rep's job is to go explain the process, uh, go over in great detail how our online auction works to that seller because we have a no reserve platform, which means everything sells with no price protection. No matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Some people, they don't, they can't fit into that business model and that's okay. They can go do something else. I mean, it's pretty simple. We just say, if this doesn't work for you, there's risks in everything. Mm -hmm. You know, some people play on the board of trade. You know, there's substantial risk or gain. Mm -hmm. um, and some people just don't understand the risk. Now, we know that you got, when you have so many thousands of people watching a sale on an auction day, and you expose it to a lot of numbers, you're not gonna have any disasters. Mm -hmm. And 91% of all the equipment selling on Big Iron right now is sold to an end user. So if there's a trader or somebody buying to resell, mm -hmm. that only happens 9% of the time, mm -hmm. okay? But our rep then goes out to that person when they inquire or they knock on the doors and introduce themselves and say, hey, I'm here to help you if you've got extra equipment that you would like to sell or if you wanna buy something, let me know. I'll keep an eye out for you and I'll help you that way. Uh -huh. But when they wanna sell, uh, then they identify the pieces they want to sell, mm -hmm. and then we will advise them on uh, all the steps necessary. Obviously, clean it up. Uh huh. You know, sure. Uh, you can't sell something that just you know come right out of the field and is full of everything and um, <laughs> everything. So yeah. you know, and if they can't clean it up, we can do that too. Okay. So we'll bring in our our cleanup and our detailing crews. Mm -hmm. And we'll, but we'll provide the full service. Mm -hmm. So we'll clean it all up, then we'll stage it, we'll take pictures, we'll take a lot of videos, we'll introduce the sellers, we'll even have them do a little story about it on video if they want. Mm -hmm. 
then we'll post it on the website. It'll be exposed to the hundreds of thousands of people that watch. And then the bidding takes place. Mm -hmm. And then the last day, the battle goes. Our, our site has a soft close or it extends. Oh. So anytime somebody bids towards the end, it restarts the clock. So it can, so it gives a co-bidder a chance to respond. It's not like the, the eBay model that everybody's familiar with when you it just, when the clock ends, it's over. So everybody okay. waits till the last nanosecond. Ours oh, doesn't work I, that way. I see. Okay. Ours works like a regular auctioneer. Because when you bid $1,000 and somebody else bids $1,100, I go back to you and ask you if you want to go $1,200. I just I don't say sold to the $1,100 bidder. So okay. we go back and forth, and that's what our platform is designed. I mean, the auction profession wasn't broke, so we weren't going to try to fix it. Mm -hmm. We were just going to try to emulate it with the internet auctioneer who's available 24 hours a day. Our internet auctioneer is calling out numbers 24 hours a day, oh. seven days a week. Uh -huh. yeah. You can bid, you would be amazed at how many bids come in at two and three and four uh -huh. o'clock in the morning. So apparently when somebody's having a tough time sleeping, they get up <laughs> and they go surf the internet. <laughs> you know. Now we do have a support, a support club for the women. <laughs> And yes, we really do. Really? <laughs> what does that look like? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we get calls all the time. My husband's stuck on that all the time. He's always watching that stuff selling. This one gal says it was my 10-year anniversary. I couldn't even get him pulled away to take me out for supper oh, on our 10-year no. anniversary. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, every farmer is infatuated with machinery and equipment value. Uh, they're drawn to it. Mm -hmm. It's something that is... Um, it's very important to them because their sheds are full of it. Yeah. And they want to know what that, what is yours worth? Because mm -hmm. mine is nicer than yours, <laughs> right? That's that's the way that works. But, and then we collect the money. Uh -huh. We don't charge a buyer's fee. Okay. We have a title and a and a lien search team. So mm -hmm. when something sells, buyer, be, uh, buyer is uh, assured that there are no liens on the equipment. I see, okay. So if there is a lien on it, we work with the lender and we either A, put their name on the check or get the payoff mm -hmm. or whatever. And mm -hmm. if, they're, if they're upside down with it, we don't sell it okay. until we get everybody's permission to accept proceeds. I see. Mm -hmm. So we do all those steps on behalf of the seller because we want to make sure that the buyer is very comfortable and confident with the process. Yeah. And they're comfortable and confident with the process they in turn keep coming back. And when a good quality piece comes up, they usually don't let price influence it too much because they know where it came from because we always publish the owner's name and their number. I see. They know there's no liens, they know there's no buyer's fee. Uh, and they bid knowing that they're bidding against a real person, not somebody jacking up the price uh -huh. because we even show transparency. We show the bid history Okay. and we have people monitoring in our office because we can police if there's somebody bidding on behalf of a seller. We don't give away those trade secrets, but we know exactly how to monitor that. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, social media is a wonderful tool mm. and it can get a lot of people in trouble too. Interesting. So anyway, <laughs> and, and you got to have computer programmers that are Mm -hmm. Their minds are way out there, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it all it's all part of the process. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. I mean, so I had no idea you were basically monitoring that side of things in terms of... Yes, uh, we do. We the, monitor that the, stuff because that's the integrity of the system. Sure, sure. If you don't have any value system, if you just let it run rampant, yeah. then eventually all you have left are the people that want to play in that arena. Yeah. And we want the people that are comfortable and confident uh -huh. with the process. Mm -hmm. And that way they keep coming back. 
Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I understand it's all sort of related, the, the farm land and the farming background and then moving into the equipment, but what are some of the keys to your success in diversifying your business over the years? Well, uh, diversification is the key, really. Okay. I mean, in addition to the machinery, <clears throat> the ag machinery, we also got into the construction space. Okay. So during the summer months when there isn't really a lot of ag equipment selling in June and July because all the farmers are using it, that's when we do a lot of work with uh, governments and municipalities and contractors. Uh, plus we also sell a lot of semi-trucks, transportation industry stuff. Okay. So we're, we're busy with that. Yeah. And uh, the diversification is key. Mm -hmm. uh, just as a farmer, if they plant, if that's all they're planting is corn <laughs> year after year after year. I mean, uh, yeah, you're subjecting yourself to whatever happens without much control. So, um, yeah, you got to yeah. diversify. Yeah. So Big Iron has really changed the landscape um, for used equipment sales. And there's obviously now a very widespread uh, acceptance of buying equipment online where it used to be a real kick the tires kind of environment. So just talk about what you did to really um, earn that acceptance. Um, you are so correct. There was a lot of toe stubbing uh -huh. along the way. <laughs> you know, the one thing you have to work really hard is representing what it is. Okay, it is what it is. So to try to masquerade it as if it's prettier than it is, that all that does is get you in trouble sure. and it sets you back. And then you have an upset buyer. And the antis is just so true. If you do a hundred good things, nobody hears about it. you do one thing bad and a thousand people hear about it. That's true. <laughs> that is so true. So, I mean, we really focus on explaining and disclosing whatever it is we're selling okay. as it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, we want to show if there's a dent in a fender or the mm -hmm. something, we're taking a picture of it. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're trying to be fully transparent with all that stuff because I'm a farmer. Yeah. And I don't want to buy something and then show up and find out it isn't even close. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because I've actually had that experience, not on Big Iron, but on another uh, situation where okay. I bought an item and the guy told me what it was like. And we agreed upon it on the phone. And, and uh, boy, I tell you what, was I shocked. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh. So until you feel that, you know, you just don't want to go down that road. So our reps are schooled to uh, be looking at the thing as if they were the buyer themselves. And if you saw something wrong, would you bring that up to the seller mm -hmm. as to, hey, well, you know, I, I really like your tractor, but the, there's a big old hole in the tire, <laughs> you know, or the frame's been welded yeah. Yeah. or uh, uh, there's something wrong with it. So we have to disclose that stuff. But so what we have done is we do a lot of pictures mm -hmm. and we shoot videos of anything that's got a motor that runs. So the camera gets up close so you can hear the motor and uh, you know they move it forward and they back, they turn on the PTO, they lift up the hitch on a tractor, the combine, they engage it and they let it run for a while. So if there's something wrong with it, you can hear it. And we always publish the owner's name and their number and we really encourage people to call the seller oh, okay. and talk to them directly. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, ask the seller those questions. Mm -hmm. And I strongly encourage people too, if you're buying a high dollar piece of equipment, call the local implement dealership because they'll even give you a recommendation on whether that producer took good care of his equipment or not too. Okay. It's just another level of comfort and confidence that I like to tell people mm -hmm. uh, to do because it, it is about transparency, but we try to provide as much of that information as we possibly can. Yeah. 
But the buyers cannot see the actual items in person. I mean, even if they happen to live in the same... They can. They, they can, can if they so want. they can go visit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's why we published okay. the owner's phone number. Yeah. So oh, okay. if you want to go see it, you just call up the owner and say, hey, I'm going to be in the area okay. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, in the morning, can I stop by? Yeah. And then okay. get directions and drive out and look yeah. at it. All right. So it's amazing. Some people go look at the equipment on a Wednesday because our auctions right now are on Wednesdays. And they'll have the Big Iron Auction app downloaded on their smartphone. Mm -hmm. And while the item is closing, they're standing right in front of it and they're bidding on it. Uh And if they buy it, if they get it, if they're the high bidder, you know, they're standing right at it. A lot of times they have to wait till the auction ends, but they can pay for it by bank wire or something like that. And they can take possession of it. (laughs) They can't take possession until the money's changed hands. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just the way it goes. But uh, so there's quite a few people do things like that. But you know them high dollar pieces. We have uh, public inspections on Monday and Tuesday prior to the sale day. We try to provide as many opportunities who, who people are real serious to come look at it. Now, if they're five, six, seven hundred miles away or a thousand miles away, because it is amazing, mm-hmm. equipment goes all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they'll just call us up and we'll we'll give them accurate descriptions. I mean, a lot of the district managers that we have, they come from the they come from the ag industry. They were either a uh, you know, salespeople at an implement dealership, so they they can describe stuff really well. Oh, okay. And uh, we encourage that. In yeah. fact, we demand it. Oh, you know. Okay. Uh-huh. So yeah. I mean, it's it's we don't we don't like to puff because that's that'll get you in trouble. Uh-huh. We just right. want to. Most of the time, people tell us it's in better shape when they pick it up than what we described it as. Oh. And I'd rather it be that way than the other yeah. way. Yeah, definitely. So the software running all of this has to be constantly updated, perhaps? I mean, I assume you're, you're constantly sort of looking at uh, improving mm-hmm. your app and all of that. That never ends. It never ends. It never ends. That's <laughs> yeah. an expensive pro- part of the process. But mm-hmm. if you don't uh, constantly keep it up to date, you get farther and farther behind. So, so I believe right now, if I'm not mistaken, we have a chief operations officer and I believe he's got 12 programmers that are working on Big Iron year round. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it does it, it does so much stuff behind the scenes. I can't even begin to tell you about everything it does behind the scenes. Sure. But mm-hmm. um, there's a tremendous amount of data and information. So if, mm-hmm. if you were bidding on an item, so to speak, mm-hmm. and you didn't get it bought, when there's something else like it that comes up on a sale, yeah. you're going to get a notification about it. There's just all those little yeah. things. There's sure. a lot of data tracking. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And how many people are working for Big Iron altogether? Well, there's a couple hundred sales reps uh-huh. and there's another hundred plus full-time employees. Wow. Okay. Did you ever imagine it would be this big? No. No. Okay. No. I mean, this is a, this is truly a, uh, garage success type of story uh-huh. and you know in as much as Ron and Mark had the idea it was still built on a lot of really good smart people mm-hmm. and people that are passionate about helping others and that's what we do our job our mission is to help people do something that they can't do effectively themselves mm-hmm. and Big Iron's mission is to expose people's equipment mm-hmm. to the masses sure. to help them sell it for fair market value. Yeah, right. That's our mission. Not to give it away. Sure. You know, to get mm-hmm. it exposed for fair market value. Yeah. And the best way to uh, determine what fair market value is, let the public bid on it, and whatever it's worth that day is what it's worth that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your relationship like with the 
you know, sort of brick and mortar uh, used equipment sales places? I mean, are they, are you guys friendly? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, we do a lot of equipment. Uh, mm. We sell equipment for dealerships all the time. Oh, okay. And uh, a lot of dealerships uh, have their sales teams uh, referring their local big iron rep to somebody that wants to trade equipment in. Oh. Because if they've got an item that the dealership necessarily doesn't want to value or put it on their yard, mm -hmm. they just say, call Big Iron, let Big Iron sell it. We'll use that amount as the trade-in value on the piece you're looking to buy. Oh. We do that a lot. Oh, interesting. Okay. So we, we like to work with uh, all equipment owners, whether they're the end user or the dealership. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we do, we do a lot of work for those folks. Okay. Oh. So what kind of trends are shaping the egg equipment industry right now? Are there any trends in on-farm succession planning or management practices where you're seeing certain kinds of equipment pop up or anything like that? Well, you know, the equipment market is pretty, it's sometimes it's very unpredictable. You have no idea. This summer, I'll back up, this spring, planters, mm. we couldn't sell enough planters. Mm. Uh, they were bringing extremely good money because a lot of the farmers wanted to have two planters because last year they got caught gotcha. because of floodwaters and they didn't get their crops in time and they put them in way late and it cost some money because of the timing of it. So planters were really, really popular. Uh, tractors always seem to sell well, especially if you take care of them. I mean, the, the, it is so true. If you take care of your equipment, when you decide to sell it, it will take care of you. Mm -hmm. If you beat your equipment, it's going to beat you back <laughs> when you want to sell it. Yeah. That's not the auctioneer's fault. That's the way that somebody took care of it. If you never mm -hmm. give it a bath and you never greased it, and you never changed oil and you never did any repairs, mm -hmm. please be prepared because mm. everybody can see that. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can't put makeup, you know, on something that's been beat to death mm -hmm. and, and expect it to, you know, because the neighbors all know that you beat your stuff too. Right. And that reputation sells. We always say reputation sells. You take good care of your equipment and your reputation will sell it with it. Mm -hmm. So, um, but trending right now, you know, COVID has changed so much stuff. Mm -hmm. The tractor market, the combine market, the, the equipment market in general is actually up considerably mm -hmm. because a lot of people uh, didn't want to sell anything. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to have an auction because they were, they didn't want to feel guilty by having an open outcry sale and having crowds show up. And then if they had a COVID spread because of their auction event, they didn't want that guilt, so they just didn't have an auction altogether. Oh. Uh, we got a lot of those to convert over to our online platform mm -hmm. because our auction pieces, like I mentioned before, we got 9,200 items selling in September. Hmm. Um, a lot of that is because normal, some of them people would have had an open outcry sale with their local auctioneer. I see. But the local auctioneer can't do it because of either crowd sizes or the seller didn't want to have a, a, an auction on their site mm -hmm. and expose people if somebody showed up with the with the virus. Mm -hmm. So the numbers, the, the lack of numbers hitting the market across the United States is down. So the equipment values are up. It's supply and demand. Okay. So this is a, we've had a lot of people want to sell early too this year. Mm -hmm. So the that's why our August and September were big months. Mm. Um, and uh, we're anticipating a big December because we see a lot of a lot of people retiring. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's no fun when you're fighting. You know, Iowa, God bless them people. Our heart goes out to all the people that work so hard, and the wind comes and does something like what's done here in Iowa. Mm -hmm. uh, it just breaks your heart. 
And, uh, you know, that's frustrating. Mm -hmm. And uh, nobody wants to quit on a down note either, you know. True. Uh, they always say you want to you want to quit being a head coach of a college football team when you win the national championship. <laughs> that's right. You don't want to quit when you have a losing season because yes. that's no fun. Yes. But but the but the trends that you talked about right now, um, machinery values are holding good. Uh, when it comes to succession planning, you made that reference. Um, that's getting that's a difficult one. Mm-hmm. Because um, a lot of the young people don't want to be involved in agriculture. There's mm -hmm. a lot of risk. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a lot of hard work. It is. <laughs> and um, farming is not just an 8 to 5 job. Right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, no. and Friday. No, it's not. You've got to be there on Saturday. And sometimes you've got to be there on a Sunday. Yeah. And uh, some people don't like that. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our, the way people's work ethics is a little different than it was. <laughs> years ago uh -huh. and there are still a lot of hard workers out there young and old uh -huh. yeah. um, but there's a lot of them that have switched to priority list around too so mm -hmm. uh, we just see a lot of people calling us up when we the first thing we ask them when they want to have a sale I said oh you're getting retiring yep okay have you planned your whole life for this well I'd like to stay on a little bit more but uh, I can't do all the work myself and I can't find any help mm, Wow. So the lack of help is what's stimulating a lot of people to uh, retire a little bit early. That's amazing. Because when you get a little older, you can't do everything that you did when you were younger, <laughs> you know. And nine out of ten times, the wives always say, I wish they would have retired ten years earlier, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and rightly so, because you don't want to work yourself to death. Mm -hmm. But some people, the thought of retirement's a bad word. Mm -hmm. Because what do you do when you hit a retirement age? You sit in a rocking chair? Well, that ain't healthy either. Right. But I'll tell you what. When people have retired, and we've gone back to see them months after their retirement, we say, how's life treating you? They go, you know, I'm actually busier now than I was when I was farming. Oh. And I say, well, what are you doing? Well, the neighbor wants me over there all the time. I'm always running errors for him. You know, I go to the park store, so I'm busy just, I'm not doing any of the heavy lifting, but I'm doing the busy work stuff. Uh -huh. You know, I'm getting parts, or I'm hauling in hydrous tanks, or I'm... You know, sure. I'm just following them with the tractor to pick them up to drive them back. <laughs> you know, so the, oh, the people that retire, they get called up by their neighbors. Mm -hmm. Because one thing's for sure when you're retirement age and uh, you ask somebody what time they're going to be there. If they say they're going to be there at seven o'clock, mm -hmm. they're going to be there five minutes to seven. Because, <laughs> you know, five, if, they're five, if they're not five minutes early, they're late. Right. That's the, that's the way they grew up. So I think it's always kind of cute when I hear them stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so there's nice. there's life after retirement. There's plenty to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Okay. So uh, have, what sort of big surprises have you had over the years in this business? Anything that you can think of? There's been all kinds of surprises. Uh-huh. They've all been great surprises, you know. Uh -huh. A lot of times it's... Uh, it's when you sell a piece of equipment and it goes to Europe or something mm -hmm. and you're shocked by it. Ah, uh, uh -huh. Those are some interesting surprises. Uh, it's, uh, it's fun when we get to help people. It's, it's very rewarding, mm -hmm. you know, so that's the fun part about mm -hmm. it too. I mean, the, when, you, when you get to help people do something that, and when it's all over, they are emotional mm -hmm. about how well it went. They, mm -hmm. We just recently had a sale for some folks and they were retirement age and they said, you know, it didn't work out the way we wanted to. We hoped that when we retired, we had some money to put in our pocket, plus the land. They had the land and everything. And uh, boy, if we don't, you know, see 400000 out of our retirement sale, 
you know, it's just going to feel really bad. Well, we turned it into 700,000. Wow. <laughs> and uh, because, you know, when you expose it to a lot of people, it's fun when they go, my gosh, this is great. I get my, uh, my banks paid off, mm -hmm. my land's paid off. I can rent my land out. My 401k now is in, was invested in my land. Mm -hmm. And now I, there's no more pressure, mm -hmm. no more pressure on their chest. And uh, husband and wife, they go to visit the grandkids. Mm -hmm. That's that's the fun stuff. That's the rewarding part of what it is we get to help people do. That's so nice. Yeah. Wow. So what is next for the big mm -hmm. iron auction platform? Well, we're going to go more than just one day a week. Okay. And you're probably going to be some animals selling on Big Iron. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. So be watching for a bull and a cow <laughs> mooing nearest you. Excellent. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap it up? Uh, you know, uh, the auction business is a fun business. Um, we're always looking for more guys and gals that will help grow our our business in an area where they reside. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what we're really looking for too. Okay. I mean, uh, with COVID, there's been a lot of layoffs, so we know there's opportunity out there now. Mm -hmm. There's opportunities here with Big Iron because we've actually been busier mm -hmm. because of COVID, uh, but we're extremely safe about it. Mm -hmm. um, we really uh, practice all the safety things. We're wearing masks. We're, we, we don't usually go inspect equipment with an owner there mm. uh, or, or take pictures with an owner there. They can usually drive it outside the shed and we can do it without them around uh -huh. and take pictures. So uh, we really focus on being safe. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we're all going to get a shot uh -huh. sooner or later. <laughs> That's and right. then everything will get back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be able to watch the Wisconsin Badgers play Ohio State and Nebraska again someday soon. <laughs> someday. <laughs> Someday soon. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of the Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps podcast. We'll be back next time with more from Casey Seymour and a special thanks again to Big Iron for their support of the 2020 Dealership Mind Summit. Until next time, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.